All right, welcome back to number four of Call to the Pen. Uh, obviously, we are still at home, very far away from each other. Okay, we interrupt our previously recorded program to bring you breaking news. The MLB and its players are focused on a plan that could allow the season to start as early as May. This plan has the support of public health officials who believe the league can safely operate amidst the coronavirus. So essentially all 30 teams would play games at the stadium with no fans in the Phoenix area. So that would include uh, the regular Phoenix stadium as well as some additional uh, stadiums in the area. So players, coaching staff, and essential personnel would essentially be sequestered at hotels, living in relative isolation, only traveling to and from the stadium. They still haven't settled on one particular contingency plan, but how do you guys feel about this so far? Uh, I don't know how 30 teams are going to play in one state. I mean, I get the idea of trying, I mean, using uh, Chase uh, Stadium as maybe play like two to three games in one day, then use some of the minor league parks, then use some of the college stadiums. And, tra- and uh, spring training facilities too, I think, is yeah. why they have like 10 fields nearby Chase Stadium for spring training. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the exact logistics of it all, how it pan out in terms of trying to figure out where each team plays or if there's a home stadium per se, aside from the Diamondbacks. Uh, but I don't know if this is a push just to get baseball in May. Maybe it could wait until June. Yeah. What about I, you, uh, Well, <laughs> first, well, I don't think it's any coincidence that this broke just after midnight on the East Coast last night. Because I think they were they wanted to get the temperature of the people beforehand before actually making official statements. Because this morning they kind of backtracked a little bit, and in the Daily News, um, they basically it was uh, MLB addresses reports of May launch in Arizona, uh, numerous contingency plans. Quote. MLB has been actively considering numerous contingency plans that would allow play to commence once the public health situation has improved to the point that it is safe to do so. While we have discussed the idea of staging games at one location as one potential option, we have not settled on that option or developed a detailed plan. Now, to me, that's a little bit of backtracking because while there's a numerous amounts of fans out there last night who are online going like, yeah, it's great, we want baseball back, we want baseball back. There's some selfish people out there. And there's some selfish business people out there. And if we ever had to wonder what owners and commissioners actually think about the everyday person and even their product on the field, this is a prime example of it, in my opinion. You, to have 1,200 guys, you assume you're going to have to have the entire 40-man roster there, not just the 26 roster, because what if someone gets sick? What if someone gets injured? They all have to be – it's like when you have a jury and then the supplemental jury. They did disclose in the post uh, last night that in the event that someone did test positive, that wouldn't necessarily be caused to quarantine an entire team and shut down the whole season. Their whole plan is to essentially expand the roster significantly to help with that and to offset who they would need to pull out to test, to quarantine, and the like. So, Which is absolutely fucking crazy because you got to... So I, I completely agree. Because here's the You're thing... They're a bunch of boys. They're a bunch of boys. That you that you cannot say if, if out of twelve hundred people, 
1,200 people is 40-man rosters on 30 teams. If I, I mean, I'm not good at the math, but, you know. But <laughs> you can't tell me you're going to have 1,200 guys in one state who are being torn away from their families for upwards of the article said four and a half months, maybe longer. You have, or, or just life in general, they're going to want to get together. They're going to want to have parties. You're telling me you're going to have chaperones like it's a league of their own where they're like, no, you can't go into his room and you can't go into his room. No, they're going to hang out together. And you cannot say that if one guy gets sick, oh, we can continue going. And they talked about in the article having like maybe a three-week prep for that, a three-week uh, testing period, beta period, a new spring training to see if this would actually work and what the health rate would be. Like you're, It's lambs to the slaughter. It's the canary in the cave. And you know what? These guys, I did the math. If they, the $170 million they put towards it, they're still going to be making about $140,000 a year per 40-man roster player if they all got an equal share. They're good for the year. I know they want to play. I know they want their money. I know they want to prove for free agency and whatnot. But there are people dying out there. And to be like you have the president who's like, let's get back to business. You got the New York governor who's like, let's start talking about reopening things. But yesterday, New York had the most deaths of any day. This is not over yet. And to think about bringing sports back, well, it's a great fantasy. And we all would love to see it back. It is not time to do this. And it's and they're saying, oh, they'll do social distancing. Maybe they won't be in the dugout. Maybe the players will sit in the stands. How are you going to social distance at the play with the catcher? And and the and, and and the and the batter. Yes, they're saying the the, the electronic strike zones for the ump can be ten feet away. But at first base, you're not going to hold the guy on. What at what point are you sacrificing everything about the game to, to just get money? Because yeah, they're like, oh well, you're not going to have revenue in the stands. No, you won't. But they're also talking about and what they're really looking at. What the real purpose here is, they're going to be selling these games to major outlets. It's not just going to be S and Y. It's going to be ESPN, FS Sports. Whatever else, the, the, the Turner Broadcasting, ABC, NBC, Fox, this, that, and the other friggin' thing, they're all going to be bidding for this, and that's ad sell revenue. And I've worked at Turner Broadcasting. I worked in television for 20 years. Not right now, but I did. And ad sales is a cash cow. And that's what they're going to bring in to make up their revenue. And that's what, in my opinion, it comes down to because they're putting people at risk. And I am appalled by this. I'm done. That was great, man, man. But I 100% agree with you. Like, for when I saw the update on my, on Instagram yesterday, I was just like, hold on, wait a second. Like, it's first of all, it sounds too good to be true that you're going to have 30 teams. Like, this isn't a video game where you can just have virtual players and you can just be like, oh, I'm swapping this guy for this guy in case they right. get sick or whatever the case is. Like, you're, you're dealing with actual people. And aside from the 40-man roster, you still have the trainers, the coaches, everyone else so it, it, it honestly it doesn't seem like it, like it's like it makes any sense to, to be honest and it's not just to them me, it it's, doesn't it's... seem safe what's that it to me it doesn't seem safe because i would i i'm kind of wondering what the families of the players and of the managers and the coaches and the staff and what everybody thinks about this because again we are talking about four and a half months being away from their families but at the same time like are, who, who's getting exposed to what and are you putting people at risk and at the end of the day are these essential workers who need to be out there they don't they yeah. really don't and, and, and then you're talking about security and the guys doing the camera work and the guys and the, and the gals the guys and the gals and the, doing camera doing security do in the, tr the production truck i mean gary keith and ron can do it remotely based on whatever feed they get but like is that feasible what about reporters are they doing virtual conferences it's just, and those are people who don't There's make a uh, lot of moving pieces. Yeah, they make this much compared to what the the minimum wage player is going to make. I forget what the owner is going to make off of this. These, these security guys and gals don't make. 
but they're going to be at risk? To be honest, I think they should stick with the idea of June being more of a possibility and, again, take this day by day and see where the country is at as a whole. Because, again, you know, New York is, has been the one that's been hit the most, but does that mean the other states are going to be seeing this at a later turn than, you know, what New York has seen? And how the world goes. A lot of these guys, they're international players. They have families who travel back and forth from places. Yes. It's like, I mean, I, I can understand maybe putting a – Laying down some laws to say, listen, you and your immediate family, once the season starts, needs to restrict all your international travel. It needs to be approved by OMB to make sure we're we're not putting you guys at risk and then causing an outbreak within the league. That would be responsible. But but again, it's still a lot of moving pieces to handle. And who is going to be identified to specifically say, okay, um, Robinson Cano, like you can't go back to DR. Mm-hmm. Or who's going to actually be paying attention to this? Who's going to literally say, no, you can't get on your private jet and go to this private island that you own? Like with everything, they'll be Joe Torrey. <laughs> 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 they'll let his favorite players go when his least favorite players stay. It's just, it's. I think it's just a, a, a wholly selfish. And if they do do it, Rob Manfred and all the owners and all their families should have to be at the stadium for every single game. And they should be held responsible for those people who end up getting the coronavirus as a result and should be responsible for taking care of their medical bills. And the fact that the the, the health organizations are supporting exactly. this. Yeah, it's, it's a no for me. Uh, I, I could wait. Yeah. I'll play video game. I'll play uh, MLB The Show instead. I'll take a no. It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. All right. So. And now... To return us to our regular scheduled programming, back with a pen. Very far away from each other, but still bringing you all the kinds of news. And Shane is apparently missing all of you. Not, no. <laughs> all right. So I'm reverse. Huh? My computer records me as reverse, so I'm reverse, man. So when I look like I'm missing you, I really don't want to be anywhere near you. So. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> All right, so starting off, uh, Trump actually spoke to uh, the commissioners of the country's sports leagues. They spoke Saturday about when they can essentially be starting their season. So um, they did discuss that the NFL will actually be starting September 10th, um, and Trump wanted to tip his hats off to everyone and all of the good work that's being done by the many teams and the players to care for their communities. Um, and in return, they thanked Trump for his interest. So um, what do you guys feel about um, what Trump said? Uh, well, he, well, with what he said, I mean, I mean, all the commissioners do deserve uh, the praise that they're getting for trying to help out uh, with the COVID response. Um, he said that the NFL season will come back uh, in time. So that's assuming with training camp that starts at the end of July to August. And the regular season will be in September. So uh, if we go off that math, then we'll probably see baseball happen in um, in the late summer. What do you guys think? Uh, well, hang on. Let me take a drink for this one. <laughs> Leaving politics out of it, I echo Victor. I, I agree 100% that the owners and uh, the commissioners and whatnot deserve mostly deserve praise for what they've done not every owner james dolan and uh not the single james dolan out but james dolan but um the commissioners <laughs> have done a hell of a job so 
uh, James Nolan. <laughs> the commissioners have done a hell of a job, as of most of the owners, and they do deserve praise. Uh, again, leaving politics out of it, I think this is way too premature. The We don't know if we've hit an apex. We don't know where we're really truly at. Numbers are slowly improving, thank God. But the scientists are still saying that this may be way... That, Fauci said, we're struggling to get this under control. You cannot have someone saying, we're getting hard, the number one guy say we can't get this under control, and they'd be like, let's make sure we start everything soon, on time, let's get the ball rolling. Wait, wait till everyone's taken care of, wait till the situation's actually under control. I think it's just very premature. Well, so you're not the only one who's thinking that things are premature. Ron Darling is also losing some optimism that baseball will be returning this year. You had a few quotes from him, Shane? I did. This is in uh, the New York Post on April 4th. And, um, you know, quote, I would always try to err that all of our people are taken care of and protected before I decide to play any sport. That's not baseball or basketball or hockey. That's all sports. We have taken care of the citizen, but we we have... Have we taken care of the citizens and made sure that they are on the right track? When they are on the right track, then we will give them something to watch. Uh, he goes on to say that um, what happens What happens if one of the 26 players tests positive two weeks after you started the season? What are you going to do in places where games aren't going to be played? There's just so many challenges, and I would say I was very optimistic when this thing started that at some point we would find a lane to play a season that would be representative of a baseball season. But as each day goes on, I get less and less optimistic. There are so many obstacles, and I just think it takes a village to put on a baseball game, and that, and that is uh, a baseball game, and that is without people in the crowd. At some point, you are putting a lot of people together. You're in locker rooms that couldn't be any closer space for guys to be together. In and let's use whatever energies, resources. Let's do whatever we can to take care of the people that love baseball. And once we have them taken care of and on the mend and protected. Then let's think about throwing a pitch and hitting a ball. And, uh, I mean, he goes on with other stuff, praising Rob Manfred. Um, and he says that he thinks, to paraphrase, that the guys are staying in shape, as, as they should. And uh, he thinks you only pretty much would need two seasons to get them prepped for the season. But, of course, that may also lead to injury. So, it just he, like myself, is erring on the side of caution in his mind. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, to be honest, that now that you hear it... Uh just it's realistic to be honest we probably won't be seeing baseball anytime soon and if there is a push for it who knows how realistic and how all the logistics would work because right now we're recording this on what april 6th so right now we should have been in our first week and a half of baseball clearly that's not happening i mean even new york state itself it's been shut down or on pause to say up until april 29th but all these things keep changing, especially, you know, you got to take these things day by day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I still hold some optimism because I would like to see a season this year. Um, there have been some people like Scott Boris who came up with a functional isolation plan, um, essentially to restart the season in short order, where essentially you're isolating or confining the healthy players um, and play in a stadium without the fans so that it can be aired on TV so that people can still, like, have sports in some way. Um, but obviously, you have to think about it this way. One sick player can easily grind everything to a halt. So, again, it's it's still taking things day by day. And, and it's not just the Shane. players. That's, that, that's security. That uh, That's camera. That's crew. That's director. That's, and then they're traveling. 
Are they? I mean, most teams do have their own planes, but the trucks have to drive. The the, the like they have to drive to the next state to do it overnight. They're not stopping to take a pee pee. Like you're talking about. I don't know. I don't. I, I would like to see Boris's plan to see how truly thought out that was. Maybe if you're talking about one feed from the home team networks, maybe that would work by to minimize people. But then. I don't know. There's a lot. I don't know. That seems a little like wishful thinking and probably only thinking of the people who are making the higher dollar being protected and not the common person. At this stage, anything that they come up with is wishful thinking um, because we are just taking this day to day. Like we don't know when it's going to end. You know, our numbers are looking better. But when does that mean that the numbers are going to look better for the entire country? New York is in a drastic state right now in comparison to the rest of the country, but does that also mean that the rest of the country is going to get hit later? Yeah, so, well, time will tell. I think it's just hopeful thinking and trying to give some people something positive to think about. All right, so hopefully positive thinking. Um, the players have been doing some cameos, or at least <laughs> advertising for some of the cameos. Now, albeit some of them have been doing it and then saying that some of their proceeds are going to be going to some of their foundations. So Shane, I know you had a lot to say. Well, let's, let's explain to people what cameo is for those who don't know what it is. Okay. So essentially a cameo is kind of like how Thor showed up on a game of Thrones episode and they kind of just show, yeah, he was, did you not know that? I knew it was a game of Thrones, but it's like, I'm not saying define what a cameo is. I know what a cameo in a movie is. Defining what hey, hey. Is. Um, let, let the angel talk. Because right now, Victor, okay, you look okay. like an angel with that white shirt on and the sunlight. Yeah. Just, add, just add a halo above his head. Like some horns holding it up. We'll put it in post. I have, I have good lighting by my window, so I'm taking advantage of it. Uh, so cameo is pretty much an app. It's like uh, where any celebrity or person will record themselves. They'll say like a shout out message. They'll sing a song to you, whatever the case may be. And it's usually like a short span, anything from 15 to 60 seconds. And then you pay them and then you could have them do it with the dedication or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, so then there were a couple of Mets players like Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil who are doing this. And uh, I don't know, I'm not really a big fan. I feel like it's a little pricey <laughs> for like 200 bucks. Well, Pete, Pete's 200 and McNeil, my name is Nyeh. Uh, <laughs> can we get him my name is Nyeh right there? My name is Jeff. Yeah, see, we haven't had that in a long time. <laughs> I missed that. And and McNeil is uh is a hundred dollars now. Okay. Alonzo's the one that says a portion of the proceeds are going to whatever. Well, so McNeil also is asking people to donate uh to the CDP, the Center of D Disaster Philanthropy, and in return they're getting a raffle ticket uh to win a pair of signed cleats. So. But that does does that have anything to do with cameo though? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I mean, that's nice, but it's still $100. What am I going to do with Jeff McNeil's cleats? I can't wear them. What am I? I'm just going to look at this guy's dirty shoes. <laughs> the hope would be that you would I get love that. cleats that you could wear, like that was your size, and that he would just find those. No, but even, no. I, I don't know. I feel like the whole premise, <laughs> I don't like the idea. I think they're bored, yeah. for one. I think they're very, or they're very bored. trying to make money because their salaries are cut by how much? They're still the they're still making more money than we're going to see in a year to stay home if there's no season. All they got they're getting paid to go to the gym. They're okay. They're okay. <laughs> Especially Alonzo, you get money from the home run derby. You get money for things like he's yeah. I. Right. He's I. Right. I think two hundred dollars is like 
That's just how much Victor and I was. I think all three of us were saying, but I know I was like, he better donate like at least 40, 50 percent. And Victor was like, what do you say? You were like, hell no, it needs to be 80 percent. Actually, so that that's interesting. What's that? I don't think it's specified on on uh, his post how much is actually going to exactly. the foundation. Like Victor, what was you, the amount you said? Like 80 percent or something like that, right? Or what? That he's keeping? No, that or he that should he, donate. No, that he's giving. Oh, uh, I have no idea. But you said you think it should be higher. I was saying some well, in our group well, text. Absolutely, yeah. but who knows? I mean, first of all, who knows how many requests he's received through a cameo. Yeah. And that, um, He's gotten testimonials. Oh, it's the greatest thing. The kids loved it. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I'll pass on it for sure. It's a little uh, little vain. I mean, people like Curtis Granderson, who are retired, are like 175. But like, he had a long and fruitful career. And I feel like two guys who are pretty much in the starts of their career. I mean, Alonzo achieved some magnificent things last year, but mm-hmm. before you charge two hundred, you need longevity and you need a, a you need a presence. You need you need to have been further along in your career. I feel like, and they're only doing it because they're home and they're bored because <laughs> they weren't on there before the quarantine, before the isolation. They weren't on there, so. Well, they're trying in some passion to stay some sort of busy. So, in the sake of being busy, uh, some people have been going on and on and on and on and on and on and on about how the black jerseys should be brought back. Now, before COVID, um, we've seen some tweets from, like, Alonzo, who has been kind of hinting for the Mets to bring them back. Stroman tweeted about it. Uh, J.D. Davis and Dom Smith went on the Cookie Club, uh, and they actually said that they would like a chance to wear the, the jerseys as well and that they should be bringing them back every so often. So how do you guys feel about the black jerseys? I like the idea of bringing them back. I think they're a fun nod to the late 90s Mets, early 2000s, and the fans seem to love them, and I feel like they would be a great thing to buy. And uh, I'm all for it. I agree 1 billion percent, especially like I know for Victor – that was the jersey you kind of were raised on almost. Like, your introduction to the team was around that time, right? Around, around there? Yeah. So, like, I know, like, that's one that's probably... Oh, pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's pretty close. And the first jersey you ever had was not the black jersey, but was a Beltran jersey. So, the BP black jersey, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... it's it's It touches people's hearts. I think... I think it's a great idea. I mean, Andy Martino thinks that it's a bad idea, but Andy Martino <laughs> is a bad idea to most Mets fans, as I pointed out on, on Twitter. But um, <laughs> I think I think baseball, quote, purists tend not to like it. They want, like, Gary, Keith, and Ron are all somehow ugly the black jersey is. They go on and on about it, and uh, they, they just want to keep the pinstripes and the grays. They don't like the blue jerseys. They don't like anything alternate. They just want the, 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 the pinstripes. And the Grays. And I'm like, eh, that's boring. But I know the younger generation loves it. So there's 100, well, most of the time there's 162 games. There's enough time and room for everything we've ever worn to be worn and worn a lot. What do you think, Ashley? I actually personally like the the black jerseys very much. And I would wish they would come back very soon. Agreed. Yeah, well, I was talking about how the Reds did it in, like, I think it was 2015. Or where they wore, like, a throwback jersey. I think it was, like, every Sunday game or whatever the case yeah. was a fun thing for fans to see. Something different, mm-hmm. of course. Like, we did that in 2016. Every 10 years, we do that with the 86 jersey, even though I don't like the way that looks because on the new material, it looks kind of, like, shabby. But, like, the Astros do it almost every week. They do the throw. The Milwaukee Brewers 
through the the MB and the, the glove formation all the time. There's, like you said, there's more than enough time to do it. And you should do it every Sunday or maybe Saturday. Maybe black is Saturday and blue is yeah, Saturday. There should Wait, be a day or maybe like something in the schedule that says, okay, everyone's going to wear black today or everyone's going to wear blue today. Like something, I don't know, to rally everyone to I think, be more appreciative of the jerseys. I think if you're at home, the weekdays, you got the pinstripes. Until Friday, you have Black Friday. No pun intended. Saturday, <laughs> you've got the blue. And and Sunday you have the '86 jersey, and then if you're on the road, you do the alternates of those. Why not? And then the weekdays are for the pinstripes. I like that. What do you think, Victor? Would you like that? I'm down for it. Yeah. Especially, I think it'll be bring fans to the park. So. And yeah. Create more revenue because that's all they care about. Oh, yeah. You sell them black jerseys again. People are gonna be soaking them up with a biscuit. Absolutely. Do you hear that, Wilpons? Do you hear that? Like, yeah. oh, oh, cha-ching. Take a hint. Take notes. Cha-ching. But we have our own favorite jerseys. So, Ashley, would you like to go into your third favorite Mets jersey? My third favorite would be the blue alternative jersey. Why did you tell me it out of order then on text message so that I did not put up the right one? <laughs> From top, like one, two, three. <laughs> All right. Well, say that again. I'm not editing that out. There, it's on. <laughs> it's on the screen. Go ahead. Talk about the alternate road jersey. Okay. So my third would be the blue alternate jersey. My second would be the pinstripe, and my first would be black. Oh, 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 black, oh, black, oh, like my soul and all that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Let's go to a man yeah, who, who who had it correct. Victor, what is? <laughs> I should have given you numbers. That was like number one, black. Number yeah, two. I, I, yeah, like you're like you're putting it in a certain order. That's what Victor did. Victor gave it to me, no problem. So, you know, you did not specify top two. Uh, you know what? There are days. Anyway, so Victor, you go into yours, sir. Honorable mention for Victor. Well, in the text that I got, he said, "What are your top three? And what would your honorable mention jerseys be? So I listed one, two, three, and then honorable mention. Uh, so That's anyways, what I did. Uh, anyways, uh, honorable mention was the 86 batting practice pullover jersey. So um, You have the I, one. I have, I have one of those, yeah. It's pretty cool. That one, they remade it, I think, by Mitchell and Ness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then number three going into that is the blue Mets alternative jersey. The number two choice is the away 1980s uh, gray pullover with New York written in script. And then the number one would be the away Mets uh, black jersey. Very nice choices. Very nice choices. My honorable mention, although when you mentioned the 86, like the 80s uh, batting practice jersey, I do love those. I yeah. just, they're so, I mean, if you did it in, in today's uh, material, it'd be great. I yeah, just don't like yeah, how how heavy they are. But uh, my honorable mention is, of course, the 86 jersey because I grew up on that. That's when my introduction to the team was. I love that jersey. It's hot as hell because it's wool. But um, I can't imagine playing in 100-degree weather in wool. I don't know how they did it. But that's my honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, the second honorable mention would be, it'd be the, uh, the, uh, the one you mentioned, the batting practice. Number three would be the black home jerseys, the ones everyone wants to bring back. Love them. Miss them. Uh, my number two jersey is the Mets alternate blue home jersey with the Mets written on the front. 
And then my number one is the Mets blue away road jerseys. I have this one that has New York written in gray across. I love the, the, the way the gray looks inside the orange. You take away the white outline. I think these are just beautiful. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I do like it. It looks really good. It is good. It is good. Though the lighting doesn't do it justice here. It looks almost white inside, but it's really, it's really mm -hmm. great. Yeah. As I touch my nipple. But I think we could all agree, <laughs> though, even though you guys can't see it there, the best Mets jersey of all time is the Mercury Mets jersey. Yes. Which, I mean, Victor, you know about that. You look a little, uh, what is that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually Googling it right now. It is. <laughs> It, it is. They did some. Them. They did some promotion back in the I think late nineties, early two thousands. That were basically like make them sci-fi thing, but the, the the jerseys yeah. of the future. And it is the ugliest thing oh, in the God. world, where the names are written down the side and the back. It says Mercury Mets, and there's the Mercury symbol. It looks like a football, but it's really the moon. It is, but it's been voted by many people as the ugliest one of that competition. <laughs> which uh, I, I would I would have to agree. I would have it to looks agree. It looks like they designed it in Word. <laughs> and, and like they and then, just tried to put things the wrong way. No, no. And then they went, like they realized they couldn't print them out. So they went to Michael's and then kind of bought all these weird texts and different typefaces to kind of put them all around. And then they put this weird graphic, like you said. Yeah, wow. This is this is like raw reaction to how bad it is. I want to know how many they sold of those jerseys. Every once in a while, I'll catch someone wearing it at the stadium. I, I will. Victor, look up real quick how much it is online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shopping. Let's see. Mercury Messenger. Someone's selling it a used one for $599. It's a mic. Well, because you have to think about it this way. They probably didn't sell a lot of them, so they're probably worth more because they weren't as mass-produced. They're so worth... I get that. But how many people are actually buying them? They're worse than the player jerseys from last year. The ones of the players. It's only, mm. it's only a one that I see. It's only one hit that I see on eBay. Mm. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't. This is a terrible jersey. We, we could probably <laughs> make our own and sell them. Here's a good question. Would you rather spend the 200 for Alonzo to give you a cameo or the Ooh. 500 for that Mercury Mets to hang it up and be like, look at this piece of ugly in the corner? I'd Alonzo. Rather, I'd rather save my money and not spend anything. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> I think that's fair too. <laughs> All right. Well. Well, yeah, that's a wrap for the show. Um, yeah, it's a quickie. I mean, anything. Uh, our meme went up with DW, the one where she's behind the fence. So thank you for all the like and appreciation on that. Um, and that's our show for today. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, respect the social distancing, do the six yeah. feet, stay away from the people that you care about so that we can see them a lot sooner. Or just stay home. Unless yeah. you have to go out. Yeah. Which is easiest. But uh, selfishly, follow us on all our platforms. Instagram, <laughs> of course. Uh, Victor's memes are brilliant. Twitter, if you like any of my rants, I, I put them up there quite often in, in verbal and in, in text, of course. Um, what else are we on, guys and gals? Uh, sorry, you probably Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. and Spotify. Apple Podcasts. There you go. Right. And Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So uh, for standing room only, I'm Shane, Victor, and I'm Ashley. Stay safe.
Oh shit, my papers. Here, here, here. There we go. <laughs> Black. 